Somebody's alarm going off there. How fitting, how fitting for the day. You're right on time. Yeah, glad, glad you made it. Glad you made it. Did you say you're right on time every time? Is that what you said? <laughs> God is good. His, gra- His, gra- His grace is good. Oh, man. No, I'm proud of you guys. Look at this, you know. 24, let me tell you what, 24, 17 years ago, 24, 10 years ago, even five years ago, you know, time change, you lose an hour of sleep, whatever, oh man, we might as well just cancel first service that day. <laughs> so this is, this is good. So we're glad you're here this morning. A um, couple things uh, just worth uh, mentioning. Uh, I, I do believe uh, we've had just just as a kind of a praise, uh, we've, we have had a really great weekend here as a church. Uh, we had uh, our consignment sales this weekend. Uh, they had the best consignment sale they've ever had, spring or fall. And usually the fall apparently is better for some reason. I, I, don't, I don't understand all that, but that's okay. I don't have to. Uh, just going on what I've been being told. And, uh, but uh, anyway, thank you to everyone that helped uh, in any way, shape, or form, whether it was last Sunday or uh, tearing down yesterday or you volunteered this week or uh, whatever it is. There's many folks that, that put a lot of work into that. Thank you so much uh, for uh, all that you did and, uh, and got to hear some great stories of ministry uh, from the week, people that uh, uh, our folks got to meet and you know those kinds of things. So uh, really good stuff. Uh, and then uh, our students were away at YEC uh, Friday night and Saturday day. Uh, last couple days, spent the night in the hotel. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, had, they kept having uh, trips cancel out, uh, you know, because of snow. Imagine that. Uh, and, uh, and then the one weekend, they finally just go. They're like, you know, we're going. Uh, you know, it's funny because it was just, it was in Murfreesboro, uh, but they got a hotel. And the whole purpose in that was because they really felt like they hadn't gotten to take an actual trip anywhere. And so instead of doing the drive back and forth, they got a hotel. And they're probably glad they did after the, the snow actually came while they were gone. But uh, anyway, uh, out of that, uh, I have already heard uh, some stories of some of our students uh, receiving Christ as their Savior uh, over the weekend. So uh, praise God for all that. That's, that's awesome stuff. So just excited about all that and excited about other things, excited about what we talked about last week. Uh, if you weren't here last week, we talked about the Hope Center. We talked about uh, our commitment as a church that we're going to jump into uh, sponsoring a Hope Center, which is a sober living house. Uh, and uh, we're super excited about that. Uh, <clears throat> and it's, a, it, it's not just a sober living house. It is a discipleship program. It's a year-long program for the people that go through it. Uh, and, uh, and it's voluntary. It's not something people are made to do. Uh, and uh, they, they just do a fantastic job. And so uh, given the things that uh, we have uh, felt led to as a church for some time now, uh, we, we've, been, we've been looking for, you know, what, what in the world do we do with this, Lord? Um, 
in helping people specifically with addiction and uh, some of these other things, and uh, and we we feel like the Lord has has brought them uh, to put them in front of us to to work together and to to do that, and so uh, we're we're super excited about that. We're going to talk a little bit about that here in a little while uh, because uh, we're going we're going we got some money to raise and uh, we've got to figure out how to do that. So we've kind of got a little plan. We're going to share that. Uh, we also uh, are looking toward uh, purchasing uh, some vans to use for uh, bus ministry, and so. Uh, to go with that as well. So uh, we're going to be raising money for both things uh, at the same time, and uh, we're just praying our way through that. So we'll, again, we'll share about some of that here in a little bit, uh, but we're excited about that. Uh, on with today, on with the message for today. Uh, qu- question, uh, well, let's do this. If you, if you need a Bible, I'm going to go ahead and have our ushers bring you a Bible so that you can, uh, I really I really want you to be able to see the scripture today, okay? So if you need a Bible, please let the ushers know, uh, you know, that you need it because I really want you to be able to, like, put a finger on it if you can. We're going uh, to the book of Romans today, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, But uh, let them uh, get you one. If you don't own a Bible, you can keep that one, by the way. We'd love for you to have it. Uh, But uh, uh, anyway, the, the question of the day is this. What are you currently putting your hope in? What are you currently putting your hope in? What are you What are you hoping for right now? You know, and I, and I know I know the Sunday school answer. Okay, so you know we'll we'll get to that. But you know, I mean, uh, let's just if you're just being honest with yourself, what are you really hoping in right now? What do you find yourself? I'm talking about middle of the week, middle of the day. You're going, you're gunning for it. You know, whatever it is, uh, you're working, you're dealing with the kids, you're you know chasing your tail, whatever it is. Uh, what are you putting your hope in? You know, and, and I think if, we, if, we're, if we're real with ourselves with the answer to that question, we all have different answers to those questions. Some of them may be similar answers or whatever, and that's, that's okay. Uh, you know, I think it's good for us to ask that question to, you know, Paul talks about that it's good for us to examine our hearts, you know, to constantly be asking ourselves these questions to let God examine our hearts and help us to see, uh, you know, where we are in our relationship with him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's easy for us to put hope in things in this world, right? You know, I was having this discussion with a friend of mine last night that uh, uh, I know from uh, the side business stuff, and he, he lives uh, in another state. In fact, he lives in Idaho these days. He used to live in Indianapolis, and uh, just a great guy. And he knows the Lord, and we were, we were uh, chatting back and forth, and then later that turned into us texting back and forth, you know, about some stuff. And, but we were talking about that. We are talking about the climate of the world and all the things going on and, you know, just talking about all these different things of, you know, what, what does it look like? What, what, what can we trust in in this world? Uh, you know, obviously, we have a hope that maybe a lot of people in this world don't really understand uh, that comes from Jesus. Uh, and we live in this world that has already, in some ways, given up on hope. You know, you know somebody like that? I mean, you probably do. I know I do. I know I know people that, you know, just they just kind of, uh, in fact, I've got one, one friend that I grew up with that right now, I feel like in his life, just based upon the things that he has written, and uh, I've, I've tried to reach out to him and that kind of thing, that he seems to have just given up all hope. That's a, that's a terrible place to end up in. And I don't say that with judgment or anything like that. I'm concerned for him. I love him. You know, but we, you know, we get there sometimes. There's, there's points in life along the way. Something hits us upside the head. All of a sudden we're like, man, I got, I got no hope. 
And that's what it feels like. But that's a lie. That's a lie. We can't buy that. We can't believe in that. We can't put our stock in that. We know better than that. You know, and the truth is, 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 is it's sad, you know, when, people, when we feel like there's no hope or when somebody else feels like there's no hope. Uh, and, and the truth is, we don't want that life. We don't want to get to a place where we have put our hope in things of this world to the point that when one of those things is pulled out from underneath us, we have no hope left. That goes back to the Idol Factory series that we did and, and really honestly us making idols out of all these different things in the world. A lot of times they're good things. They're great things, you know, but we have to be careful with that. So how do we find hope? Well, I'm glad you asked because the scriptures give us a little indication of what that looks like in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 is what we're looking at today, uh, and I hope that you'll go there with me. Uh, this is by far, hands down, one of my favorite passages of scripture. Uh, and it's, and I, I feel like this is one of those passages like I can come back to it after I've studied it before and come back to it, you know, months later, weeks later, whatever, study it again. And it's like, there's a, it's like, I never even read this the first time. Like what in the world was going on, you know, the last time I read this, I don't remember that. I don't remember God speaking to my heart in that way. And, uh, and, and just as I've been looking over this passage, uh, this week, you know, I just, I just felt like God's continually spoken to my heart about it. Uh, Romans chapter 5. And in Romans chapter 5, uh, we see one of these passages that leads to something that uh, I find myself sharing a lot. I share this passage uh, on end of the passage a little bit, but I share this passage a lot uh, at funerals. Uh, I share this passage uh, at weddings. They're pretty much the same. Uh, I share... Uh... Sorry, it's too easy. That's a preacher joke, uh, but uh, you know. But yeah, no, I, I love I love sharing this passage because this passage points us back to Jesus every single time, and He is central, and He is central to our hope. In fact, I just want to go ahead and start reading Romans five verse one. It says this: It says, "Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ." That verse alone could like, we, we could just do a message about that. I mean, just think about that. Now, you know, we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, just, just to have the keys to the thing that gives us peace with God is an amazing thing all by itself. I mean, it's a standalone, like, that's, that's a bomb going off right there. I mean, this is a huge piece of the puzzle for literally the whole world. Because how much of the world right now is looking for peace? And you're like, well, Chris, I mean, that's a different kind of peace. It's peace with God. You know, everybody's wanting peace in the world and all that stuff. Here's what I think. I think people just want peace, period. And this is where it comes from. This is where it comes from. And this is why so many folks, not just on the other side of the world that are literally in war right now, but literally people that are living next door to us or living in our house with us or our or our us are looking for peace and can't seem to find it in all of the things that they're looking for in this world. Because we have peace 
with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God is the one that brings us peace. And we get that peace through Jesus. So since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, it keeps going, it's not done. It's just like, it's just going to roll us over to that. Let's go ahead and tell you. Verse 2 says this, says, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. In which we stand. You realize that, that the scriptures teach us that we have the ability to stand in that peace in his grace. Why? How? It says, through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope for the glory of God. This is, this is huge. This is huge. First of all, grace is something we don't deserve. It's something we don't deserve. I, we can't earn it. You can't earn grace. God gives it freely. All we can do is receive it. Any of these kids this weekend that received Christ as their Savior were given a gift from the Lord this weekend where all of a sudden they recognized in that moment, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior and His name, the only name, is Jesus. And in Him, I can receive grace, undeserved, not because, not because they're good enough, not because they've gone to church enough, not because they helped enough old ladies cross the street enough, okay? But it's by His grace, undeserved grace, that we have been given this amazing opportunity that we can have peace with God and in God, and we can stand in that grace. Again, he's like, it's like he's giving us the platform to stand on. He's like, here's your grace platform. This is how you get to be here right now. It's not because you deserved it. It's not because you sold more than everybody else last month, so here's your award. You know, and we love that stuff, and that stuff's great, and we love a pat on the back, and everybody needs that. But here, he's like, here's your platform, here's your grace in which you stand, and we can now rejoice in hope of the glory of God. In hope of the glory of God. So, we put our hope in all kinds of stuff, right? We know we do. We, we just do. We don't, we don't even mean to. We kind of wake up one day and we realize, you know, I'm really putting a lot into, into that, you know. I've made an idol out of that, you know. And again, a lot of times it's good things. It can be a person. It can be uh, you know, a job. It can be anything, you know, whatever. And then something happens. The person lets us down. The job lets us down. The, the thing that we thought was just so great, once we owned it, we're like, eh, it's not as great as I thought it was, you know? And it lets us down. People let us down. You know why? Because they're sinners. We're all just a bunch of sinners. Dave was talking to me this week about, you know, getting, having the privilege 
of getting to talk with parents at times when their kids are misbehaving in the preschool program, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and different parents react in different ways, right? You know, like some of them are like, oh, thank you for telling me that. And then some of them are like, my kid's perfect and you're terrible, you know, kind of thing. And I'm just like, you know, I, was, I was like, man, you just need to invite me in for those conversations so I can be like, no, your kid's a sinner. For the Bible tells me so, right? <laughs> Mine are too, by the way, if you haven't figured it out already. Um, the truth is this. We need that grace to stand on, to be with, in peace with God. And in doing all of that, and standing in that grace, we have the opportunity to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, that, that statement falls, I think, a lot on deaf ears with a lot of Christians. Because I think for so many Christians, the glory of God is one of those things that we don't, we're not thinking about that when we're, you know, on like 440 driving around Nashville and his truck's running us off the road, you know, and we're just like, you know, you guy, you know, kind of, thing, you know, we're, we're not, not really usually what we're thinking. Maybe you are. I hope you are. I know I'm not, uh, to be honest. And um, the truth is, is that when we focus on the Lord, when we put our stock in Him, when we put our hope in Him, when we stand in His grace and are reminded of His peace and we remember who He is, the glory of God does something for us that we can rejoice in, gives us peace like no other. It changes our life. It changes our life. You're like, okay, well, uh, okay, so I, I find hope in the glory of God. You know, and so maybe you walked in here today and maybe you were, maybe you were like what we were talking about earlier. Maybe you're in a situation right now in life where you're like, I got no hope. I got no hope. Everything's falling down around me. The job, the relationships, the whatever it is. Look, Sometimes the Lord allows that stuff to happen to us so that we will come back to Him in His hope because He wants what is best for us. In fact, we're going we're gonna to look at that in this passage here in just a minute and how He does that. And hopefully this is good for you, it's good news for you, and it, and it resonates with you today as God speaks to your heart. But finding hope in the glory of God comes, I think, in a couple of different ways. If we think about the glory of God itself, I think that's a great place to start. We have, we have God's glory. I've, I've broken it up into two categories. It's pr there's probably like ten, okay, so you can preach at me later about the things that God spoke to your heart about, and I'll be like, well, it had been nice to hear before the message, but thanks. Um, it's all good. And, 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 and so the first one is the here and now. We have God's glory here and now. So what does that look like? Well, I, I think it looks like a lot of things. But first of all, it looks like His creation. It looks like His creation. His creation sings His praises. We see God in His creation. We see Him working through His creation. We sing it, see it singing, literally singing at times, of how great and awesome He is. We also see His glory in the work that He does in people's lives. And that's our lives and in the lives of others. Say, Chris, I don't feel like that's really happening. 
in my life right now, okay, I would immerse yourself in this passage and don't come up for air until the Lord is speaking to your heart about what this means. We've been justified by faith with peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Our hope is in the glory of God. So it can be in the glory of God here and now, God's creation, the work that He's doing in our life, the work we see Him doing in the lives of others. I'm excited. I'm excited about the Hope Center. I'm excited about a bus ministry. I'm excited to finally see legs grow on things that God has led us to for years now, to finally see some of these things begin to happen, I think is amazing. By the way, if you missed last Sunday, I'm going to say you need to go watch last Sunday's uh, message on Facebook or pick up the podcast or whatever it is. You know, just go find it, listen to it. Uh, we, we had Stephen Paul here from the Hope Center. We did an extensive question and answer with him to talk about the Hope Center and what that looks like. I just want people to be educated with what, uh, what we're getting into, and it's, uh, it's awesome. So uh, God's glory. Our hope is found in God's glory here and now, but then it's not just here and now. It's not just his creation. It's not just him working in my life. It's not just him working in the lives of others. It is also his glory to come. It is the future. It is the days ahead. That's what we're hoping in, you know, with these ministries. Why else would we raise money for it? We're raising money for something that doesn't, it's not doing anything necessarily for us. This is about ministering to other people. We're saying we believe that God is leading us to do something that these people could hear the gospel. That these people would know Jesus, that we could love them, that they could be a part of our family. The future, the days ahead of our lives, but then also in to come of God's glory is eternity. Eternity. Folks, eternity. Let that word just sink in on you for just a minute. Because that's a word that I think most of us, like we know it's out there, but like we're not really thinking about that. If you go to as many funerals as I do, you, you think about it a little bit more. You think about it a little bit more. And I'm reminded in those moments that our hope cannot be here alone. Our hope has to be in eternity. Now here's, here's the beauty of eternity. It's like, it's like getting ready for a road trip. You know, it's like the rest of our life is, is like getting ready for a road trip. We know that we're leaving eventually, and before we go, God is giving us the opportunity to be a part of things for His kingdom, which is this great and amazing thing that is only by His grace in which we stand. Okay? Last year, we got to go on staff retreat. I think that's the last trip of any kind I, I went on. And it's funny, as you get older, you know, some of you can probably test this. Some of you probably are still stuck in the old ways. There's no judgment for you if you're stuck in the old ways, by the way. But as you get older, you find out that when you go on trips, you really just want to only take what you have to take, right? 
You know, it's like, it's, uh, at least for me, as it's, it's, I've gotten older, I'm like, you know, used to, I, I could pack a suitcase full of all kinds of whatnot and everything, and now, you know, like that, we went on, we went on this little staff retreat, uh, we had somebody, a friend, friend of 24, friend of us that uh, gave, uh, gave us a, 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 a beach house to stay in for a staff retreat, which was awesome, so all we had to do was pay for some plane tickets, flew down to Florida, got to do the, do the beach thing, and uh, just spend some time together, honestly, just spending some time together just with these guys that uh, have just been killing it for years and, and honestly haven't had a whole lot of time to just chill and us be together and be reminded that we do like each other sometimes and stuff like that. Uh, you know, when, you, when you've been together for 17 years with, you know, some of these people, like, you start to question some of that sometimes. Uh, but, uh, but no, we're very blessed. And uh, anyway, I, you know, I was getting ready for that trip, and I was getting ready for that trip, I'm like, I wonder if I can get everything into one backpack. We're going to be gone for several days or whatever, you know, but staring at my backpack, and I'm like, well, I got to get the computer in there. It's like, I wonder if they'll care if I pretty much wear the same thing every day the whole time we're gone. You know, I thought, you know, I had that, had that, I had that thought, you know, I really did. And I've got this other, like, little bag, and I thought, well, okay, well, I'll just, you know, I'll have, like, some other clothes, I guess, so, you know, I have a couple of outfits at least, you know, and so that, and then that's what I did. I had, I had the little bag and I had my backpack and going through the airport and all that stuff, you know, it's so much easier, you know, not, not checking stuff and, it, you know, just, just going, getting on the plane, throwing it in the overhead compartment. You don't even care about anything in it. They could steal it and it wouldn't matter and be like, oh, that's fine. I'll just wear this every day. It's what I was wanting to do anyway, you know, so, but, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, you know, Getting ready for the trip as I've getting as I've gotten older is like I just wanna I just wanna shed some of that baggage. And I think for us as believers, there's some truth to that. But sometimes the Lord has to show us that we need to shed some of that baggage. We need to shed the things that we keep putting our hope in here to focus on Him to be ready to get on the plane so that we're not surprised when something gets yanked out from under us and our whole life doesn't fall apart. I want to shed unnecessary baggage in my life. I want to quit worrying about the things of this world. I want to trust the Lord to lead me in His calling in my life, in His will and in His plan when I seek Him and trust Him through the sufferings of this world, I can see this play out. Suffering. That's a word that I just talked with somebody here about a week ago. And uh, actually it's an old friend who called out of nowhere. So good to hear his voice. And they used to live here, used to attend 24. They don't live here now. They live somewhere else. and They're not able to attend because they're too far away. And, and he just said, Chris, I... Uh, you know, I, th- I thought he was just calling to, you know, shoot the stuff and, you know, all that. And, you know, and in the midst of all that, you know, he started crying. This is a big, burly dude, whatever, you know. And I was like, man, what's going on? And he said, man, I, I am far away from God. He said, I couldn't tell you the last time I was close to God. He said, and it is killing me. And he said, and I'll be honest with you, I have been through so much suffering. And he has. 
He's been through some hard stuff. He said, Chris, I just can't even explain it. Suffering is one of those things that can be hard to explain. But this passage of Scripture helps us to do so. Verse 3 says this. We just got through two verses. You see that? Verse 3 says this. It says, not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings. Well, let's just stop on that for a minute. Who's ready to rejoice in their suffering today? Come on. (laughs) That's not something we think a whole lot about. That's not something like in the middle of like the hardest moments of life that we're like, thank you, Lord, let's throw a party. We rejoice in our sufferings. How? How in the world could we rejoice in our sufferings? Well, let's read. It says, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. Hope. You see, it is, it is through our sufferings. Yes, the Lord allows us to go through sufferings. The entire Bible is full of suffering, of people pursuing God. Why do you think that they go through these sufferings? Hello? Knowing that suffering produces endurance. If you're taking notes, I had, to, I had this thing, I had it like with arrows out, you know, three, three lines, you know, uh, uh, where are we at? Endurance, uh, sorry, uh, suffering produces uh, endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And it says this, verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Our hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. We have peace in the Lord. Folks, we need it. We need grace to stand in. We need His peace. We need to be reminded of it. We need, it to, be, we need to be reminded that our sufferings are something we can actually rejoice in. It is actually something that the Lord is going to use in our lives to produce endurance, which is going to produce character, which is going to produce hope in us. And we need hope. Nobody wants to be without hope. But the greatest hope, the greatest hope, verse 6, verse 6, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still Sinners, Christ died for us. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say Christ came and died for everybody that got their junk together. Praise God for that. Christ died for the ungodly. In His love, He shows for us 
that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we had our backs turned, while we had our backs turned on God, He died for us. While we were choosing another way, instead of the way that He wanted for our lives, that He gave us all of this love and all of these things in this world, while we had our backs turned, He died for us. That's where our hope is. That's where our hope is. And the reason we have hope in Jesus today, folks, is we know the ending. We know the ending. You realize, you realize we can have peace. We know where it's what's going to happen for eternity. That if we have trusted in Jesus as our Savior, then we will be with the family of God for all of eternity, praising His name. And in the meantime, in the meantime, we don't have to fear the end. We don't have to fear anything. Because in Christ, our peace is in God. Then our future is bright. And we are free to move forward with the things He's called us to do. And that being said, He's called us to do some things as a church. We've been talking about it. We talked about it last week. And I'd like to, I guess, officially roll out what we're going to call We Have Hope. We Have Hope. We may even have a slide for this. This thing that we're going to call We Have Hope encompasses our plan for the Hope Center, for bus ministry. It includes this hope that we have to raise money for. You know? Oh, there it is. Yeah. We have this amazing opportunity in front of us. And what stands in the way? Some money? Okay. Well, I'll be honest with you. I was overwhelmed with it, to be honest. I, I, I got to thinking to myself, you know, we don't have anything budgeted for this. We, we're, you know, what, what, what are we going to do? We're going to wait another year before we start to chip away at this thing and figure out how the Lord's going to lead us to do that. And, and I, unanimously, our staff was just like, no, we, we can't wait another year. You know, COVID already kind of kicked us in the pants for a little bit. And we're, we're over that. You know, let's, let's move forward. And so we started saying, you know, what, what's it look like for us to do this? And so we, we, know, we know this. Again, if you were here last week, again, if you weren't, go watch the thing, listen to the thing. Um, we know this. We, we need to raise $200,000 just toward the sober living house. We'll help purchase vans. Uh, hopes, the Hope Center pays for the house. I mean, $200,000 isn't buying any houses around here right now, if you haven't checked, especially ones that hold 30 people, right? Okay? And, and so, uh, you know, what, what's this look like for us? It looks like us collectively together saying, well, let's, let's take this on together. 
the Hope Center will own the house. We will be we're staking a claim. We're that serious. We're we're in this to win it. All of these all of these folks. We'll get to minister all these folks. They will worship with us every week. Their families will worship with us every week. Uh, what an awesome opportunity! And then we were like, okay, well, what about what about the bus ministry? We're gonna let that go for another year. We're gonna just just put that off for till you know another year from now, and just you know say, well, we're just not gonna not gonna do that right now. And we all just said, you know. Let's just try to do both. We feel like God's leading us to do these things. Let's don't, let's don't wait on them anymore. Let's just, see, let's just see what God can do. And I've been praying about this and talked to a lot of people, and folks, and I just, I just, I'll be honest, I've been encouraged by you. I've been encouraged by how many of you have come to me and said, Chris, I'm ready to give to this thing. You tell me when, you tell me how, I want to do this. Well, the truth is, is we adopted this one fund thing as a church, you know, several years ago, worth it and all of that. And, and we, we still operate in that way. So, so here's, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have, we, we've done the last couple of years, we've had what we've called the big give. We've had this offering in the spring called the big give. And uh, usually that money's going towards something very specific. We've done, you know, very much worth it, the worth it campaign and all this. And basically the way that works is like everything above and beyond our budgetary need, all of that will go toward this thing. And that's, that's what we're going to do here. So we're, but here's the deal. This is, this is a lot of money. I mean, it just, we're talking 300000 now. You add the vans in for another hundred grand, and maybe we get them cheaper, and that, that'd be great, and we're, we're fine with that. Uh, but let's just say we've got the 300 to raise, and uh, and we've already raised just a little, you know, couple grand or so. I think through uh, you know our writers' night that we had uh, down at Eastside, which is awesome. We're planning on doing more of those. Uh, but then also we're going to have a big give on Easter. So on Easter, here in like six weeks or so, we're going to have the first big give. Our plan is to do another one in the fall, and then if we need to do another one, maybe end of the year, maybe very beginning of the year. I, I don't know. We're not setting dates for those. We want to see where the Lord leads people now. And, and so, you know, if you, break, if you break this down, you know, if we're talking about just the Easter offering, and we're talking about trying to, let's just say we were going to try to knock down half of the of the total amount, which would be obviously be one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, if we had you know x amount of families, you know, willing to help do this, uh, you know, and and they were willing to give five hundred a family, then we get to that number. Now I I know I know some people are saying, you know, Chris, I you know I I can't I don't think we could give five hundred. That's okay. That's okay. We're just asking for people to, to pray and let the Lord lead you. It's just, it's just numbers to try to help us to kind of get our heads around the fact that if we are all willing to do this together, that this can happen. We do 500 a family now, roundabout. Some won't be able to do that. Some will be able to do a lot more than that. And you're going to help make up the difference for a lot of people that can't do that. But this is talking about an above and beyond offering kind of thing. Not your, not your regular offering. It's not talking about that. It's talking about praying about doing something extra. If you look at this, you know, weekly, if you're thinking about, well, you know, for the next several weeks, we put aside $100 a week if we're able to do that or whatever you're able to do, then you, then you get there because we've got six weeks till Easter, you know, but that's, that's how we're going to 
That's how we're going to chip away at this thing. And I truly believe that this is what the Lord's leading us to do. 1 Corinthians 16.2 says this, says, on the first day of the week, of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. That's a great reminder of us of like stewarding what God has given us when it comes to money or resources or whatever it is to us being able to pursue this together as a church. We have hope. We have hope. And I, and I just ask, you know, I've been asking for three months, if you remember. I've been asking for three months. And I didn't, know where, I didn't know we'd end up right here. Just to be honest with you, this wasn't the plan three months ago. This was the plan like a week ago, okay? <laughs> you know, I mean, like we're just rolling through this and going, God, what are you leading us to do here? But three months ago, I, I started saying, may we all as a church just pray and ask God to just show us lead us, guide us, open our hearts to whatever it is that he might lead us to do. And, and listen, we, we can raise the money, and that's great, but, but it, it, that's not all. Like, we, we got to be ready to serve. We're going we're gonna to add 80, 100 people just because we've got Hope Center going on to our, our, our church body. You know, every week, and, and then we're going to do a bus ministry too? And we're going to add, the, who's, who's going to minister to those kids? I mean, it's, it's awesome to think about, like, you know, riding buses out, gathering kids up, bringing them in. Who's, who's going to minister to those kids? We're going to need more folks. Just willing to love, to serve, to lead. Our hope must be centered in Christ to accomplish the things that He's leading us to do. But the bottom line is we have hope. Pray with us for what is to come. I'm excited for our hope is in Christ. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the chance that we have to serve you, to get to see you work, and all these things. God, what an amazing opportunity. God, I am grateful for 24 Church. God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you for what you have done here. Thank you for what you are going to do here. Thank you for your leading. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your guidance. Lord, thank you for helping us to see, Lord, tangible things that we can do for pursuing you, for pursuing your kingdom in this world, for the lives of others to know you, to trust in you, that you too might be their Savior. God, that they might stand in Your grace. That they might know Your peace. God, for anyone that has never trusted in You, God, I pray, Lord, that they hear these words today and that they understand maybe in a way that they've never understood before what it looks like to trust in You, to put their faith in You, to believe in You and the work that You have done in sending Your Son Jesus to die on the cross. God, might they, might they understand Your grace freely given Lord, all they have to do is believe. All they have to do is receive. God, do a work in their heart. Lord, save them today. May they trust in you today. May they tell someone today what you've done in their life. God, thank you for your son Jesus. We ask all of these things in his name. Amen.